All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 39 of the Kill Your Internet podcast. With you, as always, is your boy, Colin. And with us today is the Lord, Mr. Roast Malone. Roasty boy, how are we doing today? Doing good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm outstanding, man. Uh, the Kill Your Internet podcast is brought to you by High Brew Coffee. Our friends from Austin, guys, get it at Wawa. The triple shots are available at Wawa. Uh, they're also available online. Promo code Foxtrap for 10% off. Uh, and people are now starting to tag us in Instagram posts about them buying it at Wawa. We told the people at Highbrew, listen to us. We can get people drinking Highbrew at Wawa. We were right. Let's go. Uh, e, one of the busiest times of our career by far. We are making new music. We have two podcasts a week. We just released an EP. Uh, we are filming videos. And we have a new single coming out next month. But right now, I am brutally locked up in a fantasy football draft, which is why we're doing this through Skype. So, E, you are the fantasy football master. First off, did you draft it this year? Did well, you thank you. I would not levy that judgment on myself. I did draft, and uh, was it successful? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for the I made a couple bonehead picks. Like I like I drafted Wayne Gall. I drafted Saquon Barkley first overall. Yeah, and I drafted Wayne Gallman as his backup. Oh, so you got the handcuffs? Was released. Oh, really? By the team, like I, yeah, I did like an inordinate, an inordinate amount of not preparing <laughs> for this one. Well, I'll tell you uh, what, you're about to witness history, ladies and gentlemen. First off, this podcast gets a little broy from time to time, but you're witnessing my fourth round pick. Let's go, E. Let's make got? a decision here. So we got Woods from LA. We have Lockett. We have. We need to go tight end. I think yeah. I'm going Ertz. Uh, who else? Who else is what running backs and wide receivers are there? Uh, Melvin Gordon, DeAndre Swift, Keenan Allen. No, I don't trust Keenan Allen. Yeah, but Gordon, uh, he's on Denver now. Yeah, I know, but they're they figured to take a step forward on offense this year because Melvin of him. Gordon. Do yeah, who do you, who do you, yeah? Because you need a back. You just took yeah. two wideouts. All yeah, right, Melvin I, Gordon. I go Melgo, man. Melvin Gordon is the pick, ladies and gentlemen. So there we go. go. Four rounds in. We are talking a lot of music today as well, but of course, let's get Melvin are... on. Let's get Melvin on the podcast. He's Why on not, dude? Now. Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, joining us now live from his draft party is Melvin Gordon. Now, yeah, he's like but, crying because he got look, drafted by you. We talk a lot of music on this podcast. We have an amazing interview with Kenny Carkeet. Uh, he's been members of AWOL Nation. He's been uh, in fitness. Uh, and he's currently dropping solo singles as well. Kenny is an all-time great dude, amazing musician. I asked him the ultimate question in this podcast, which is, are you tired? Will of you marry me? No, Will, are you tired of people screaming the word sale in your face? And he, <laughs> it's actually great. You got to wait for the reaction for later in the podcast, but it's, it's outstanding. He's a great dude. His dog makes an appearance in the podcast as well. Uh, Ooh, so st- stick around first. for that. Um, e, obviously, like I said, we've been super busy with everything going on. We're shooting the video promo for the next single coming out next week. Uh, we're well over 70,000 streams now for zeros in a month. Happy about that as well. Uh, and then I'm excited for this next single because the guitar's all over the place. Things are about to get real ignorant real fast. And this is actually the song Eric said he can't wait to hear uh, when we come back live to be able to play that live. So uh, E, just in general, how you feeling, buddy? Pretty open-ended question. Like about what? <laughs> just life, man. Uh, just music. I I ask this question to everybody else, but like, like as far as like making music during quarantine, have you have you enjoyed the process? Like, have you been have you been more into it? Like, I guess my question would be, with the way we're making music now, and it's so much more involved than it used to be. Like, are you enjoying the role you get to play more in creating the guitar parts and things like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the only really thing that's changed is like the format, right? Like. Yeah, rather than being in the room like yeah it's been fun like i can sit with it like i was saying before like you know if it's 
sent over as a garage band track and just let it roll and kind of, you know, feel it right through it on your own with no outside, like not that you guys are a bad influence in the room or anything, but like <laughs> you can just kind of be with your own mental and, you know, make your own like emotional expression from that, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think it's beneficial you. in that way. Yeah. And for you too, cause you're, you're much more like, I don't know how to say that, like introspective with your parts. Like you like to think about what you're going to do as opposed to me. I like to make snap decisions. So I don't know, like for some reason I just looked at you through the zoom and I was like, I need to ask Eric, Eric this question. Cause I ask every guest every week. So I just kind of wanted your input on that. Cause I love you. Yeah. I love you too, buddy. Thanks, bud. I can't believe we're doing this draft together. This is great. I know. This is amazing. This is great. Are you almost up again or not? Yeah, I'm in two more picks. So we need a tight end this time. Okay. Zach Ertz still there? No, Ertz just got picked. I apologize if you are not a sports person, but listen, we're multifaceted human beings. It's all right. You like the podcast. Yeah, you'll 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 enjoy the podcast. You'll be fine. So what we're going to do right now. Be thanking us, really. We're (laughs) going to move on to our first segment, which is the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. And I'm going to intersperse the or the. the fantasy draft throughout. Uh, the first thing in the wildest shit that I've seen on the internet today. So, rapper six nine. I don't want to bring this dude up, but I have to because Takashi. Is, yeah. So this is okay. part of like. Is that his name six nine? It's not Takashi. It's Takashi six nine. His name's oh. Daniel Hernandez. Either way, I'm not a fan right. of the guy. But uh, we were talking about uh, Lil Durk on last week's podcast. He's a rapper from Chicago. Oh yeah, I know Lil Durk. And so Lil Durk and him apparently have some sort of beef because he called. Takashi a rat, which I don't know how you have beef on that because the guy is, but uh, and then Lil yeah. Durk <laughs> went on to his Instagram live and said that Takashi 69's label offered him $3 million to keep beefing, beefing with him because it was good promo. And Lil Durk that shit? Yeah, and Lil Durk what? Lil Durk was like ruined it, bro. Lil Durk was like, yo, no, he's like, I'm not about this. I'm not going to be used for promo by some dude that ratted out to the Oh, family. He was like, yo, I've never turned my back on the streets. And I was like, yo, look at Lil Durk. just like just the man, just straight up, ten toes down, not taking no shit. And yeah, six, nine, six nine came back and said, "Well, Lil Durk's label offered me six million dollars." Lil Durk's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that's my first wildest shit that I've seen on the internet. I can't stand. I can't stand. That's banging. Dude. I can't stand. Takashi. Yeah, I can't stand. I don't know shit about him. I don't like his music. Like yeah, I don't, nobody I don't... does. He's just a walking meme. Um, the second thing I saw, this is a political thing. And we, I feel like we get one of these a week now, and this is more just like something I saw. And I was like, I cannot believe this is real life, but, uh, people are up in arms. Cause they, Oh, hold on. Alert, alert, alert. Right, we got up, our, our next pick. All uh, right. all right. So, uh, left. Jarvis Landry, Deandre mm-hmm. Swift, DK Metcalf. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you have Galladay though. Um, yeah. Uh, Kareem hunt. Uh, I need a tight end. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Who are we going to go here? Uh, or do I go top? What do I go top quarterback? What tight ends are left? No, no, no. Don't did anyone take a quarterback yet? Uh, Evan Ingram's left. Uh, um, all right, we gotta hurry this up. We gotta hurry this up. What other tight ends? Uh, so I'm looking right now. Save them. Oh my Evan god, Ingram. Evan Ingram's probably the best one left. Honestly. Yeah, he is. The, he is the best one left. Let me find him. Mark Ingram. <laughs> What are you fucking doing that no, I draft got, on a typewriter? No, like, but I got 10 <laughs> seconds left. Holy shit, what am I doing here? Dude, do you have an Ingram? I'm trying. Pull I can't trigger. find it. Oh, no. I I, I clicked Jarvis Landry accident. No. <laughs> oh, God. I just choked so Man. bad. Oh, no. Wow, that was on the pod. We're not re-recording this I shit. I know. I know. Well, whatever. Landry's my slot now. He's my he's my flex. Yeah. Oh, oh man, dude. Did anyone, did anyone, all right. Well, let's just real quick. Let's. Did anyone take quarterbacks yet or no? No. 
Uh, okay. Yeah, just uh, Mahomes is on the board. Is off the board. Jesus, I cannot believe I dropped the ball like that. Yeah, that's that was atrocious. Oh, I mean, I'm here Hunter, for you as a Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's still available. Evan Ingram, uh, Delaney yeah. Walker, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. ah, Austin, Austin Hooper is available. Jack Doyle is available. Ooh. I might wait on Hooper if I were you now. Like yeah. maybe just take I mean, another, take another back. Time. All right, so real quick, we're gonna take a break from <laughs> fantasy football talk. Getting back into this, so Nancy Pelosi got in trouble because she went to her local hair salon and went in oh. and got her hair cut with no mask on, and uh, the apparently the shop wasn't even open, and uh, she like backdoored her way in with the person cutting her hair, but the owner of the shop sent the tape to news networks and was like yo look at this shit like i can't open my shop oh, and she get damn. her haircut and yo, she's definitely a republican <laughs> yo hold on so she came out and said like she if like a issued dude. a public apology type thing but she was like i was set up and the owner of that salon owes me an apology yo yo i it, agree yeah oh no it was definitely she definitely got set up <laughs> definitely got i've been watching good for her saying i've been that. watching too much political commentary to not believe that that was set up but either oh. way it looks bad dude yeah. i don't know <laughs> my whole faith in all politics has been shaken over the last four years i don't know what the hell's going on all i can say is dude. get your asses back to congress and go pass some bills because people need help there's a lot of hurting americans right now so let's get that done yes um but on its face this just seems like something from the simpsons or something like that it just seems fake it seems, <laughs> yeah, it seems like a cartoon that. uh the last wildest shit that i've seen on the internet was a rumor going around the kid rock married 88 year old country singer loretta lynn at her own son's wedding <laughs> and like people actually printed this what? like on blogs and stuff like that that it actually happened and it was like a joke at like the reception or whatever and she was like why don't we get married but like news sites actually just started like running with it. They actually got married. Kid Rock is 49. Loretta Lynn is 88. But for some reason, it would not shock me if that actually happened. If Kid Rock was just like, you know what I'm doing today? I'm getting married at your own son's wedding. That's just, that's odd. You know, I don't even have any thoughts about that. I got no thoughts either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's just move on from that. Uh, that was the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. Uh, we're going to go into what the fuck we've been listening to. Uh, e, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um, so, with the first overall pick and no, i'm just kidding um, <laughs> i've been listening to um a lot of like my uh post hardcore you know type shit yeah, yeah, yeah. um silverstein sick covers and they're sick anyway uh they cover apologize by one republic oh nice great Dude. song bang yeah. so good yeah guitar tones like fucking sick like it's just like it's like just super well hey, that just reminds me of driving in the middle of the night through virginia like you blasting silverstein and sayosin and stuff like that like just trying to keep you yeah. while you drive and i'm trying to sleep That's gotta a good pick, i gotta check that band out because i've heard good things from a lot of people yeah they're good uh, i don't know if you would really dig it but it's they're definitely good i'll give anything a chance yeah. uh my, my first pick uh last night we were actually in our rehearsal studio working with um Brianna Judge and Alex May Moon on oh, some yeah. two, two amazing vocalists from Philadelphia went amazing. I'll I'll get into that like post podcast, but uh, and we were going through some some harmony ideas and and some different background vocals, and I brought up this song as an example, uh, and I picked Amy Winehouse, Me and Mr. Jones, and the way that comes from the top of the song with these beautiful uh, female vocals in the back, just these like beautiful three part like girl group Motown harmonies amazing oh. so uh and just back to black is one of my favorite records of all time i listen to it at least twice a year all the way through just a great record shout out to mark ronson shout out to amy winehouse uh yeah. e, go for your second pick uh my second pick is a similar song uh spoiler alert the third one's gonna be similar too <laughs> um it's uh by this band called belmont 
Belmont. Uh, like, Belmont. Yeah, they're like uh, I don't think they're like super popular, but they're the <clears throat> excuse me, the EP they did. Let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, tight ends. So tight ends available right now are still Evan Ingram. Uh, Ooh, definitely pull the trigger right now. Are Do you it. sure? It. Yes. Hunter yes. Henry's available. No, Jared Cook's no. available. Fucking Hunter Henry has fucking what's his name? Um, Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback. Uh, and no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I was reading uh, J- Jared Cook. All right, Evan Ingram is the pick. Let's go, dude. That's a good. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. That's a value pick because then I got Landry still the round before. So the guy I wanted, I got him anyway. Yes. Yes. There yes. you go. Yeah, that, I did that well all done, on purpose. Okay, so so back to Belmont. Get Evan Ingram on the line. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, they're like post hardcore. Like uh, the particular song I'm talking about is called 731. Um, it's just like starts off with this like brushy, like distorted guitar. And then it just like it kicks in like so like fierce and like well produced. Like it's just such a good fucking hit on that first time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's sick. Beautiful. Uh, I'm. You're in a heavy mood today. You're listening to a lot of this post hardcore stuff. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, recent events. Fucking. Why not, me, dude? Got me. Tri- got me falling back into like older shit. Beautiful. Yeah. So my next pick is uh, from my current favorite <laughs> rapper, probably my favorite, one of my favorite people on earth, Action Bronson. His new single called Latin Grammys. Dude, first off, the video is Ooh. unbelievable. He actually had somebody like Photoshop his head onto a world's strongest man competition. It's like him, like lifting all like the heavy stuff. Oh, I think and you should that, have made that. Yeah. Dude, it's unbelievable. Yeah, First yeah, of yeah. song's great. It's action. It's, you know, he's just, he's killing yeah, he's it. Despicable. Just, just being absolutely despicable, disgracing himself and others. Uh, <laughs> but no, first of all, action dropped 80 pounds. He's like getting yoked oh, right shit, now. Really? Yeah. And he's Damn, out here dropping Latin Grammys. And I think you'll love this. The name of his new album that's about to come out is called only for dolphins. <laughs> Oh hell yeah! Oh, Train a dolphin to let the slammer off, like, off like Dolph Lundgren. He actually used that line again in this song. Oh hell yeah! He's, just, <laughs> he's out here doing whatever the fuck. <laughs> What's he that wants, song dude. called that he says that? Uh, Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder. Off Blue man. Chips Two. I know all this. I know my. We've gone over it a million times. I know my rap like the back of my head. Yeah. Uh, e, what's your last pick? Uh, so for my last pick, I'm gonna do. Uh, said it earlier, Sayson. Uh, this one called Barrier Head. First nice. of all. Sayosin's self-titled record is the best, in my opinion, is the best. Is that Anthony Green? No, that this one's Cove Reber. I don't know anything about the guy. He, I, he just, I know these things on this record, but uh, yeah, the whole record is fucking unbelievable. Like songwriting, like everything, like musicianship is just sick. Um, the song in particular is Barrier Head. It's like a big ass like wall of sound, like uh, kind of like Incubus, Blood on the Ground type, like just, just like whoa, like fucking so banging hell yeah dude i love it i love the energy today you're giving me with these that uh, what oh yeah dude i dude earlier i was ripping out a house and i was like i was like um i hammer and pry bar like ripping up like a metal like a you know like the metal things that tax strip bridge uh it's not yeah pretty much yeah um and like the song was on and like i got up from doing it i started like (laughs) holy great this house dude i was rocking the fuck out Beautiful. Uh, my last pick, I actually brought it's it beautiful. up. Beautiful, love this podcast, dog. I apologize, dude. I'm so distracted by this draft. Uh, Are you all my, up? Uh, yeah, I'm next pick. My last Ooh. pick actually is going to be a song I mentioned, an artist I mentioned when Bruce Warren was on here recent, recently. Uh, Ray La Montaigne, my favorite wow. vocalist alive. Yeah. Uh, Ray, really? yeah, strong enough is from an album called Monovision, which he just dropped. Uh, and it's basically recorded like an old 50s, 60s album where it's all done on one speaker. It's oh, all cool. So uh, 
I'm going to finish in a second. We got a pick alert. Beep, 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 beep. Do we go quarterback now? Who's left? Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, Josh Allen, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Did we go Carson? I never had Carson before. See, okay, here I'm going to throw something out there to you. If I were you, I would try to get Matt Stafford a little later, so you can okay. have the, Gal- the right, Galladay right. Stafford stack, which I'm a huge fan of. So go running back again or go uh, wide receiver? Yeah, running back or wide receiver. Let's see. Let's see. Philip Lindsay, uh, James White. Uh, no, I'm going. I'm checking wide receiver real quick. Tyler, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller. Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd. Tyler, Tyler Boyd, Boyd or Debo, Debo Samuel is available. Debo Samuel. Dude, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd. Are you sure? Yes, 100%. Tyler Boyd. All right, Tyler Boyd. Boom. Let's Where's Tyler go. Boyd? That's sick. Tyler Boyd from uh, Bengals. I mean, uh, that right kind of sounds right. I, I think that sounds right. I, I honestly don't know, though. All right, so to finish my point about Ray LaMontagne, Yes. Record, if you were to put John Fogarty's vocals into this record, it sounds like a Creedence Clearwater Revival song. But his voice is just such a special God-given instrument that like, I, I can't not pick it. Um, so, Strong Enough off of Monovision by Ray LaMontagne. Check it out now. And that is what the fuck we've been listening to this week. Uh, we have one more segment before we head over to Kenny Carkey. And what we actually have is uh, I've been doing a series of questions that we've been putting up on our Instagram. And uh, this is from uh, a point that was made on last week's Instagram about what would be the weirdest all-time uh, show lineups and because we were talking about Jack Johnson opening for event sevenfold. Uh, and so that was the first thing I brought up. Uh, and so I let the fans decide who they think would be the weirdest ones. I got some good ones in here. Uh, first one, smash mouth opening for rage against the machine. <laughs> Banger. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Leonard Skinner, Jake Cole, and the chain smokers. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Death Grips opening for John Mayer. <laughs> wow. I, oh, I'm all in for that, too. Trinidad James opening for Godsmack. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. A Godsmack <laughs> reference? That's the best one. The Goo Goo Dolls opening for Chief Keep. <laughs> Yo. Winner. <laughs> Winner. Slipknot opening for John Legend. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said Mr. Big and Rush. I don't know who Mr. Big is, so it's out of my realm of possibility. But yeah, anybody, uh, Beastie Boys opening for the Dead Kennedys. I, I'd go to that show. That'd be a great show. Well, sk- skate Punk and then uh, doing some Beastie Boys there too. Yeah, I mean, can you think of any other ones off the top yeah. of your head? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, uh, we can go on forever. Yeah. Um, uh, Slayer go, opening uh, for Lady Gaga. That's funny. I was going to say Metallica opening for Ariana Grande. Oh, all right. So we're in this probably like <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, the, the the year where they had Outkast, Travis Scott, and Maroon Five. <laughs> it's already Justin happened. Timberlake opening for Janet Jackson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Um, I don't know. Great answers, everybody, this week on the response. We're going to keep that up as yeah, well. I really like that. Goo Goo Dolls, uh, Chief Key, if you fucking win. Yeah, Goo Goo Dolls, are. Chief Key, if you win. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, so we're going to head over to our interview with Kenny Carkeat now. Once again, you have to stick around. This is one of the more informative uh, conversations we've had, just kind of about the music industry and talking to someone who's been in one of the biggest bands in the world. Uh, he was obviously in AWOL Nation, so you have to listen to this. Uh, just a great dude overall. I'm really excited. Uh, other than that, we have two new episodes next week. Can't wait. Uh, I want to give one more shout out to our sponsor, High Brew Coffee. Once again, get it at Wawa. Tag us in a picture. Let us know you're getting it. We'll throw you right up on our story. Uh, e, anything to say before we head over to Kenny Carkey?
When are you picking next? Uh, I got five more picks, so we'll uh, we'll stay on the Zoom. But I I'm gonna. All right, bet. Yeah, that works. All right, bet. One sec. All right, uh, ladies and people. ladies and gentlemen, y'all. fuck you guys. Love you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, your guest today for the Kill Your Internet podcast is none other than the greatest living human being alive, Mr. Kenny Carkeet. How are we doing today, buddy? What's up, man? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I can't believe I gave you that kind of a compliment to start out, dude. This is going to fuck it's up the whole It's pretty tight, though. I can't believe it, though. I, it's not the first time I've heard that. So. I believe that, dude. I'm sure you look at yourself in the mirror every morning and say that to yourself over and over and over <laughs> I just again. Hit, wake up and piss excellence, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude it's good to see you it, it bums yeah, me out man. i was just thinking about this so we were working together in january of 2020 and if i would have oh, told that's january dude it was fucking january it was right after the new year and i was out there and uh if i would have told you then what was coming would you probably have just killed yourself or like what's the deal yeah pro- yeah yeah maybe, yeah maybe it's <laughs> like it's like i was in january and then i blinked and now it's september Dude, I, honestly, like it just feels like a long march because it, yeah. it like yeah, it really wasn't does. this it's supposed to be six weeks like. and then it just turned into six months and now we're all just fucking losing our like minds. It was supposed to be three weeks and now it's six months and dude, who knows? The world is on fire and we just gotta write music about it. I was gonna say, well, you've been busy, obviously. So we're gonna go into all your music shit. We're gonna go into yeah. all the all the accolades that, of course, Kenny Carkeet holds. But My let's man. go. I want to start, dude. All right. So we were talking about before the podcast started. Kenny dropped a nice lemonade situation. Beyonce situation dropped a, a surprise solo single uh yeah. called kick flipping in malibu dude first off single's great it's obviously thank doing you, well um, thank you how to come to were you just in the studio during quarantine like you know what dude i'm just gonna do this yeah that's exactly it you know i've spent the better part of the last 20 years writing you know 250 songs a year always dependent on a singer or rapper or some some sort of you know person in that manner i was always the music guy i was always the producer guy i was always the, the drummer the guitar player the bassist, and all that stuff but you know when quarantine happened nobody was coming around anymore everybody was you know stuck in their homes and whatnot <clears throat> sitting at my studio with nothing to do you know and it's like i i have to make music one way or the other i'm going to put out music one way or the other and if i'm going to do that then i need to figure out how to do it without depending on anyone for anything and that's kind of where that came out of and you know kick flipping was like song number 30 I that believe I had written, it. you know because yeah you know how it goes it was like i had never sang or rapped done anything like that really before you know in any serious way and so it took 30 songs to kind of figure out what works what doesn't work what i had to say what i didn't want to say you know all that kind of stuff so 30 songs in the trash and now we're on and just stuff that um I feel confident in and I feel like it is a good representation of of who I am and what I sound like. Yeah. I mean, just knowing, knowing you as a human being, getting to meet you, Mm. I feel like it's like a perfect summation of like your fucking, that's what so many people say, dude. Yeah. Yeah. First off, you said Belarusian Hadoukens and I fucking, <laughs> I died. I'm like, I'm like, you're going to drop your first song and you're going to throw that lyric in there. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Well, there's like, it's funny, you know, you're always looking for inspiration anywhere and there's, there's stuff going on in Belarus and somebody said the word <laughs> Belarusian and I was like, funny, that rhymes with Hadouken. And then that's Boom. how that came out. Yeah. Well, I mean, so there, there's something to be said about the fact that one, this was built out of necessity because people weren't coming mm-hmm. around. You got to make music. Yeah. But another thing is you're on, it's like unlocking potential. Like, I always say this, like in our band, we didn't know that everybody was capable of doing what they were doing till we gave it more time and we gave people more responsibility. Did you know yeah. you were always like capable of this or was this something you just pulled out of your ass? No, you know, I knew that I was capable of making songs from start to finish 
I, I help out artists with lyrics all the time, but I've never really like had a voice in yeah. any way. And so, no, I completely pulled it out of my ass. I had, I, I didn't know that I was going to be able to do it. I still don't know that I'm able to do it, you know, no, you it's, can just, do it. uh, it, it's out of necessity, you know, it really right. came out of necessity, but out of that necessity came something that I'm proud of and I'm excited for and people seem to like, which is, you know, always a good feeling. <laughs> Well, dude, it's authentic. And when me and you were out there working, like one of the things we talked about a lot, like just getting to know each other was authenticity mm. in the music industry, right? And we're yeah. talking about kind of a yeah. lack of it. It's, it's missing yeah. in a lot of places. That's, something that, that's the most important thing to me. As you learn when you're coming into writing with me and, and just honesty, I just, yeah. it's almost like a lot of my songs are even turning out about dishonest people that I think are disingenuous. You know, it's just, it comes off as fake and and it's wish pe- more people would be themselves or not have to do, you know, all this crazy stuff to put on a show and all this, you know, whatever. So, Dude, I yeah. mean, and, and that was one of the, the things that, like, I was like, okay, this is this is my boy. Like, I get this guy. Because when we were sitting down, and I was nervous because it was my first time writing in L.A. And I was like, I don't know what to yeah. expect. Not to mention mm-hmm. I'm coming in and working with somebody with a track record. He's got platinum mm-hmm. plaques on the walls. I'm like, all right, let's see how the fuck <laughs> this goes. I don't know. What's going on. <laughs> I'm a dickhead from Northeast Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> but when we started working together, first off, you got dogs walking around the studio. Like it's just like I was I felt at home and I want you to know because I do this a lot in the podcast. I'd like to tell people kind of my impression of them and like kind of build. Yeah, please. Yeah. Authentic. That was what I got right away. Somebody that's been to the mountaintop has done a lot of shit, has made a lot of records and toured the world and shit. But I don't feel like I'm dealing with a robot. I don't feel like I'm dealing with somebody who's like the industry has them in a a kind of a silence. I I appreciate that, man. It's it's. It's like a plague to me, um, the dishonesty, the, you know, I, I just, I really strive. And same with, you know, it's like when somebody does a vocal with me, right? And their voice cracks or whatever. I'm like, that's good. Keep that. It's honest. That, that gives people this feeling. And for the most part, generally, you can't put a broad blanket on it, but for the most part, the, the disingenuous stuff doesn't work. People don't believe it, right? Like people, yeah. you know, you have to have an artist that you believe in or that you believe is truly who they're displaying, you know? And then you can take fucking... Katy Perry, right? Who, which she's never going to say. Katy Perry, who like you know, <laughs> dances around with with inflatable sharks and all that stuff. And then you have like Billie Eilish, who has like black tears coming from her. I bet like one of them seems more genuine than the other one. Hundred um, percent. And for and, and that's the way that's what I strive to when I'm creating music for other people and even music for myself. I have you know a bunch of songs on deck, and a lot of them talk about how like I don't have jewelry and I don't have this, and I wear fucking converse and have snapback and i wear shorts and like you know what what are you gonna do about it you know it's like i really want to be honest dude that's so funny because the song we're dropping next month is literally about the hook of the song is about like at least i know who the fuck i am like at least i know i might be a lunatic in this situation like but at least the hook of the song is i'm a monster baby tell me who are you it's that look in the mirror like at least i know who the fuck i am who the fuck are you you know what i mean that's exact that's exactly it man and I try to I try to watch myself on talking too much shit, whether it's Me you know, on a podcast or whether it's in a song or so on and so forth. But I just can't help a lot of the times because you see stuff and you're looking for inspiration to write music, whether it's positive inspiration or negative inspiration. Yeah. And, you know, it's like everybody's so afraid to call people out and everybody's so afraid to have a negative opinion because of the backlash you could have in the PR way. And, you know, yeah. I've really stuck to my guns over the years of, I refuse to not have an opinion because I have fans. That's not fair. I'm, I'm allowed to like things. I'm allowed to not like things. I don't Absolutely. have to shit talk and bash things, but like I'm allowed to vocalize 
that I don't like something. And, and whether if that causes backlash, I really don't care. I think the thing for us on the podcast, we talk about this all the time and we'll, we'll, we'll drop names. I don't care. First off, I yeah. don't live in LA. I'm not worried about seeing these dudes. Out. And if right. I did, yeah, yeah, if I did, yeah. once again, I'm from Northeast Philadelphia. Wouldn't what the care. fuck are you going to do? Yeah. I'll, I'll headbutt you. I don't give yeah. a shit. Yeah. Don't care. I'll fight your dad. But like, <laughs> it's a, it's a situation where, I actually think it would be disingenuous of me not to say something because there's kids out there that are trying to do right. this. And they're looking at these motherfuckers who are like top and Spotify playlists and stuff like that. And most of the time it's not real. It, it, it's formed no. through certain situations. And I don't yeah. want you to think that you have to, to look a certain way or do a certain thing in order exactly. for you to do what you want to do. It's not, yeah, you're speaking my, you're speaking my language. You know, there's so many bands that I follow and that I'm friends with and you know, they'll get asked about another band and they're so sweet about it. They Fuck never that. have anything mean to say, or they never have. It's like, we are only nice. We are only sweet. We are only happy. We are only all these things. And it's not, no, you're fucking not. You no, know? you're not at all. Cause you know what? At least you'll be able to, I don't have to do it in the dark. And the thing is, right. too, yeah. if I meet you and we have a conversation and I find out like, okay, you're just putting on a persona, you're actually a good dude, then I'll probably say to you, dude, just be you then. What, what the fuck is this? Right. What, what is this thing? And I can say this, too, because to be completely honest, I went through a fake period of time. I'm not going to lie. I'm 28. Mm-hmm. So my 20, I always say this, but if I met 25-year-old Colin, I'd punch him directly in the fucking face. Right. Yeah. There right, was a yeah. period of time uh-huh. when I was trying to be Nashville guy and I was wearing these big Nashville yeah. hats and fucking being like, yeah, I'm down there, you know, working and yeah. shit. And then mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's the luxury of time. I was just like, dude, that's not me. That's it's not who time. I am. It takes a while, you know, for anybody, especially artists, to figure out who they are and then to not only figure out who they are, but to be comfortable, yeah. you know, with who they are because they're always striving to be something. They're like, I need this content. I need this social content. I need to look this way. I need to wear parachute fucking pants and nine chains and then girl sunglasses and dye my hair 12 colors. And like, cool, if that is you, if that is you, then that's tight and I'm all about it, right? Yeah. But like, I know people who that's not, Yep. And that's what they do in order to, to gain an appearance. And it's like, you know, if you're not, if you're not good enough, just being you, then you're not good enough being somebody else. hundred percent. It was funny. Cause we were having a conversation about, I mean, we bring it up on the podcast all the time. This mm-hmm. dude, Oliver tree, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. music's pretty cool. Actually. I dig the music. Yeah. Yeah. But like to a certain point, I'm just like, yo, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yo, he's just turning yeah. himself into a meme. And if this is performance uh-huh. art, this is like making fun of the industry. I'm in, yeah. dude. I'm in. Yeah. Good for you. You just, yeah. you just fucking yeah. pull one over on everybody. But, like, yeah, that part yeah. of me is like, dude, chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You know what's funny? With, with Oliver Tree, I purposely refused to listen to him for so long because of the images I was seeing. And yeah. then I saw him perform on stage, and he was wearing, like, old 80s soda cup shirts and, like, bowl cut and all this stuff. And what's funny is as he – continued on his art path and continued to get better i started to pay attention and i realized he's after comedy yes you know which is which is which is another different level of everything because his his videos make me laugh so much and and so in 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 that respect it's like somebody like oliver tree doesn't take himself too seriously while there is a facade and a persona and all that stuff he, he obviously doesn't take it seriously no. which is great as opposed to somebody who looks like oliver tree or does his stuff but like is an asshole and cares and yada 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 right. like don't care well you, you know, know like what's <laughs> funny is you're actually there's somebody who i kind of i i'm like rebelled against but like i fought for a mm-hmm. while was billy eilish actually because i didn't mm-hmm. get i didn't get it at first and when we were at when i was working with you you were like i was like what have you been listening to and you're like dude, I've been running this Billy Eilish album back. And I was like, mm. I don't get it. And you're like, I didn't get it at first either. And then I listened and the production yeah. is fucking incredible. And a lot of the best stuff that we've ever had 
nobody got it. Like Kanye records, right? Like I've listened to every single Kanye record will come out second, first and second list. And I'm like, I don't get it. 15th lesson, you're, listen, you're like, this is genius. Well, you know, some, it's pe- like, some people are just yeah. 20 years ahead. Kanye's been 20 yeah, years ahead the yeah. entire time. And it, like, Yeez- yeah. like, Yeezus is probably my favorite Kanye record because mm. I loved the fact that he was like, I'm frustrated and you're going to fucking hear it. And the first thing you right. hear is, is fucking on site and everything's just turned mm-hmm. up to 15. Yeah. I'm, I'm dude to this day. I'm, I'm a Yeezus defender. I'm like, yeah, that's a fucking yeah, great yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude. So, all right. So you're working out of your studio now. You've obviously yeah. got fitness. You, 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 you mm-hmm. obviously brought a wall to where it was and everything. Let's just start with the a wall thing. Like, cause you got, yeah. you're coming from Florida and you're coming mm-hmm. to LA like yeah what the fuck was that like to just make a song and then all of a sudden sale is just like fucking sale you know man I mean? it's like the most classic saying of like you just never know you keep writing and you keep writing because you never know what a song's gonna do i came i i went to recording school and then i somehow went to law school for a little bit in florida and, and i didn't know that yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and then i had a panic attack and all the attorneys at the office i worked at were like dude don't do this don't don't be an attorney none of us we all hate our lives my sister had just moved out to la and she's like you gotta come out here you gotta come here so i said fuck it so i came so i came out to la in 2008 um yeah 12 years now and uh you know i up on her couch for a while a couch surfing other people's places for a while i had a couple car nights you know waiting for open mic nights and like you know showering on the beach and did did all that stuff and you know i was a, a an, an unpaid intern at like production houses i tested video games like whatever you can do to get in and then you know uh one thing led to the next and i met um my producer mentor jimmy messer who did like a little kelly clarkson and oh, wow. that kind of, that kind of stuff um, I met him, um, you know, you meet somebody somewhere at some party, whatever. And, and he was looking for an engineer. And so I went in and, and I, as a tour of his, of his studio and he put me on the spot to record and playing guitar, which I successfully did. And then it started by cleaning toilets and getting coffee, you know, and then cleaning other people's offices and other people's studios and like doing that whole thing, washing cars for 20 bucks a car and like, yeah, you know, working, working my way up until, um, Aaron, um, the singer of AWOL, he, so, so, so let me back up. So Jimmy Messer, he would write songs because he was a Kelly Clarkson writer. He would write songs from, for girls anywhere from 15 to 23 pop songs, whatever their parents would fly them to California, right, yeah, yeah. rewrite these songs. Jimmy would write a guitar line. I would do drums, bass, programming, everything else. And then Aaron would come in and ghost vocal. He'd write the lyrics, the melodies, and then sing on it. The next day, the girl would come in and just sing what Aaron sang, and we'd have a song that way. So Aaron and I spent like two years doing that together, making 50 bucks a song, 50 bucks wow. a day. Yeah, doing this stuff together. Um, super poor, sharing tacos, you know, like unable to survive. And then um, one day we got super high, and, and we wrote Sail instead when we were supposed to be working on a girl's thing and we wrote it in like three or four hours not thinking anything of it Aaron yeah. sent it to his old manager Burko Pierce and Burko had a boner for it and sent it to some other people and next thing you know we're, we're playing we played three shows around LA got signed to Red Bull the next week we were in Austria playing for Red Bull headquarters the week after that we played maybe our fifth show which was sold out at the parish in uh, or at Stubbs indoors uh, in Austin. Austin, yeah. And, you know, and all of us, you know, that was the first time in the project we had really played a show to more than ten people, but it was a sold out four hundred person crowd with people crying when we played Sale, right? And and that was this is you know end of two thousand nine. This is way back, and we're all looking at each other on stage like, what is happening right yeah. now? And 
you know, I, I've never experienced and most people won't and people talk about just the, the way that that band took off like a rocket ship. It just went so fast and so hard for so many years. We were doing 270 shows a year for like eight years straight. Just, yeah. you know, we did uh, all the alternative circuits. We were able to do all the alternative festivals, climb the alternative charts. And then as sales started kind of coming down, the alternative charts pop picked it up pop records and pop charts and stuff like that so then we were then we were bro. playing then we were playing festivals with miley cyrus we're like what are we doing here you know <laughs> it was just it was it was a really crazy journey and a perfect example of just you never know you just nothing's going to happen if you're not writing and you yeah. never know what song's going to take off you know and people are like they told us they're like sales the ones they had us write a chorus for sale that didn't have the word sale in it because they're what? like this song's great but let's see if we can make a course so Aaron, i wish i had that version but yeah we tried a bunch of different ways but you know we didn't believe in the song Aaron and i we thought people were out of their minds and then it went and we were like oh okay you know bro there, it's so funny because i fucking hate you for that song for the the pure reason <laughs> of it was in my car every single day and this is philadelphia like and like i'm yeah. talking like my like I don't know, like senior high school, freshman year of college. Sale yeah. was the only motherfucking song that was on the radio. And I was like, dude, if I have to hear Sale one more goddamn time. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm fast forward 10 years and I'm in the studio and the plaque's on the wall. I just want to say something <laughs> too. I, like, this is another thing that like I like I forget about you from time to time because you're just such a uh, fucking good dude. You're just a, a guy. Right you know what I mean? You're a fucking good yeah. dude. Dude, like, there's time to time where like you'll post something on Instagram and it's like you and Josh Dunn and fucking Tyler from 21 <laughs> Pilots. And I'm like, fuck this guy i'm like you can't be this nice and also be this cool like i don't want to even be nice to you because i feel like you know what though it's 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 being nice that gives me company like that you know what i mean and those two dudes speaking of those two dudes are the sweetest guys you've ever met in your whole life and like you know there was some there was some special granted it's coronavirus now so there are no festivals but there was something special about the 2010s in the alternative music world where everybody was friends everybody toured with each other all the time when we play festivals you get to see your buds you haven't seen all year and it's backstage we're throwing footballs and having barbecues and uh, 21 pilots was there with that and you know young the giants and group love and you know that all was these a bands special we all special friends. time bro that really it really was it sucks now because like i don't know what happened and i don't know if it was iHeartRadio radio just kind of going in a different direction or what it mm -hmm. is but like there's no identity right now for for like yeah. alt stations or anything like that and it's weird yeah it's tough because the the way the industry is gone and the way people consume music so quickly with those shorter attention spans, right? It's like bands come and go so much. So so before you'd have one hit wonders, but a one hit wonder would last for decades. It lasts forever. We still have one hit wonders today. Nowadays you have a one hit wonder and you're gone in two months and nobody's Literally. ever heard of you again. We know it's just tough. And then top that with we can't tour right now. So somebody could have a smash, a number one hit single but if they can't go tour it it's gone in a week because you're not going to the cities and reminding people that exactly. this song well, it was the funny because aren't playing it you know we had a, a situation where we had a song that started getting picked up pretty heavily like uh k-rock and all them out there picked it up and it was like 15 stations that were like really heavily circulating it and we had a, a radio promoter reach out and uh was like oh i fucking love this i want to do this and then i called my manager and she was like I don't know, man. This might not be the right time because you can't even do station visits. You can't go and meet people. No, you can't that, shake that, hands that's the babies. Tough, that's, the, that's the tough thing. And I had a long conversation with Aaron about his um, new AWOL record, the last record. And we, you know, he asked, he had asked me, like, well, would you put it out or would you not put it out? Because right now it's an, an iffy time. It's a lot of yeah. money to make a whole record, a lot of time and a lot of heart and passion, you know? And, and um, 
you know, I had, I had just told him that, like, you know, it can potentially be tough, but at the same time, it's a great record, you know? And, yeah, and exactly. his, his mentality was, which I appreciate, and this is kind of who he's always been, which I also appreciate, was that he um, he's like, people need music now more than ever. Yes. And so it's my job to give them the music, regardless of what it does, and I'm going to give it to them. And I was like, that's a stand-up. It's a great great thing you know i mean and, and obviously you just put out music and we had a long conversation in the beginning of quarantine being like all right we got two choices here we sit on everything that we've made and we hope that it works out next year or we say fuck it and we just put everything mm-hmm. out and we might yeah. wind up in a better situation than we were before because the one thing that's exactly. beautiful about being independent is that you don't have anybody over your head counting dollars and saying hey you can't do this now because we can't do this yep. and we can't do this Dude, we invested all the money. We invested all the time. Right. We do what the fuck we want. And I mean, so now you've been in a situation where you've been on a on a major label, and then you've mm-hmm. been on situations mm-hmm. where you've you know done it your own way. Like, do you like? I guess this is more of an educational system for people that are listening yeah. who are doing this. Is is kind of like, what's the pros? What's the cons? And like, how do you like? How are you feeling right now? Being like doing what you're doing, dude. Uh, you know, you understand it well that like. Being independent, doing everything on my own means I have no rules. I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. I can put out whatever I want. You know, but at the same time, I don't have the resources that a $30,000 marketing campaign could have. But a lot of people don't realize. So, like, you know, you sign to a label. They give you hundred grand in advance. You pay that back. They give you a $50,000 marketing budget. You pay that back. They give you a $60,000 touring budget. You guessed it. You pay that yeah, back. back. So like, so like, yeah, it could be great. Cause like you take AWOL for example, right. Where like we ended up paying it all off like that. And then we had all the other income on top of that after. So like, yeah, it could definitely be beneficial. It de- depends on the situation. It's such a washy gray world in the music industry right now. And with TuneCore and SoulSpasm and all these companies where it's like, you can make something in your fucking bedroom, put it onto Spotify, get picked up on a playlist get a sink on a NFL Super Bowl show, and then you're off to the races. Why doesn't that work just the same? You know, so it's like, there's a whole thing about labels kind of going under, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if you really want to reach the masses and do radio campaigns and all that stuff, it takes money. People people will always, like, just like random people will be like, dude, like, you're on these radio stations. Why aren't you on these radio stations? I'm like, do you know how much radio campaign costs? Do you know how people on radio make money and shit like that? It's It's disgusting. Honestly, it's fucking disgusting. But it's it's another situation where it's like, okay, this is the game. You need to figure out. You get to circumvent and do what you can do and then find another way around it. And I think one of the things that's been cool for us is like, because you're learning how to do it and, and make things your own way and trying to circumvent a system and so are we and the one thing we were talking about like was like dude what if the podcast is the thing that like fucking separates us who the fuck knows you don't know who knows who knows and that's the, but that and that's kind of what makes it's almost beautiful in a way because it's so fluid right now that people are discovering new ways to market themselves every day like i tell like somebody was like should I do a $30,000 radio game? And I was like, honestly, I would pay $1,500 a month to a young 20-year-old content creator yeah. who can shoot videos and make animated stories, and yada, 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 and build that brand. And yada, you know what I mean? It's like, it's different now where you should put that money. People are like, let's put $1,000 a month into PR. And it's like to get a blog for Yo, what? I, that, you is, know? that is my biggest thing is yeah. when, because I learned this early, like our first label that we were working with out in Nashville, they spent. Right, I'm up on a dollar man on on PR. We weren't even done the fucking record yet, and mm-hmm. I, I was like, "What did that get us?" I was like, "Nothing, nothing." PR. You got a couple blog posts that nobody gave a fuck. First about. off, that is very much like a 2010 mindset to be like, "We should go for blogs." 
Yeah. Motherfucker, yeah. it's not about yeah. blogs. I know the thing yeah. is, I know I'm paying attention to what this shit is. I'm not gonna give you yeah. money to do something I can do on my own. Yeah. But I don't know. I remember I remember in in twenty fifteen or so when I started doing fitness, one of my buddies at Red Bull Records, Joe Guzig, was telling me vlogs are dead, vlogs are dead, it's all about playlists. And that was yeah. so early on that it's I was so like, early. Oh, playlists, yeah, right. You know what I mean? And now look at it. So it's like it's just it's Game of Thrones. It is. You move this piece here, you move this piece here, that didn't work with this over here, you know, and which makes it harder, but makes it more creative. You know, it evens the playing field a little bit more. I say this all the time in that, like, I hate the game because it's frustrating from time to time. But, dude, deep down, I fucking love the game. It's just a big, yeah, it's yeah, a big fucking yeah. game. Uh -huh. And I'm going to win eventually because I just yeah. refuse to fucking yeah. lose. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, like, it's, it's another thing that where, like, we look at things like, I, we we have people from Barstool on like on here, and yeah. I think about like the way they do it is so fucking mm -hmm. not like unconventional. You think about like just people who do things in an unconventional way. I feel like unconventional is the new way to go because you never know what the fuck yeah. can happen, and you might own it. Who knows? Yeah, that, no, that's exactly right, and that's you just have to improvise, adapt, and overcome. You know, boom, this world. get that tattooed mm -hmm. on your lower back, dude. That's what I'm saying. You know? <laughs> so, all right, so we we cover a wall. Let's go to fitness. Fucking doing Max, obviously doing crazy. The thing is, I texted you during quarantine because I see Max doing Chevy Mustang, and I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And it went back to our conversation when we were in LA, just talking about, dude, let's just do whatever the fuck we want. I was like, that is the most yeah. whatever the fuck thing we I've ever seen. Yeah, so fitness. So let's see. So uh, I met I met Max in like 2016 or 20 i don't even remember. i remember i met him sometime at some at point. a festival awol was playing with eve six and lots of jokes and lots of good times and he and i became but started writing music in la yada 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 he and i wrote so much music for other bands that we started feeling super just tied down and barricaded and bordered up of like what we're allowed to do because we work with a lot of new and up-and-coming bands who would always be like, oh, I don't know if the label's going to like this. Oh, the label wants mid-tempo or blah, blah, blah. It's like, what the that fucking is suit behind a desk wants is not what's cool. He doesn't know what's cool, you know? Exactly. So, um, so we started fitness because of that. It was built out. And in fitness, we weren't even going to put music out. It was just a therapeutic experiment. Like, let's just fucking write some fun shit or whatever. People ended up liking it. Radio stations ended up picking things up. Play like when a matter of time came out, we woke up the morning and came out and it was on like eight of the biggest Spotify playlists that they have. And, you know, it was just one of those things. We're like, okay, I guess we're going to start touring. And then we got to do alt nation tours with big data and Congos and all these other bands. And that's where we met the Congos. Where yeah. We fuck Congos. Times. I think we know that, right? Dude, worst <laughs> band on earth. Um, yeah. so we had our beautiful rivalry was built. And then, you know, sitting in a bus outside of a venue in Birmingham, Alabama, at three in the morning, Beautiful. Chevy Mustang was born oh out of God. several cocktails and several joints. And we were like, Max just started singing this song with a German accent. And we all started doing lyrics and we shot a video and like, it was just a, an amazing, funny, incredible. Well, I told you, so my, my mom was watching Jimmy Fallon and she, she called me the next day and uh, she was like, did you see this fucking guy on Fallon last night? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And she sent me the link and I was like, yeah is that max Dude, like, the best the part about that balancing was it was completely organic nobody reached out nobody asked for anything they never reached out to us somebody just texted us that holy shit chevy mustang was not doing felon and we're all like as a joke we're like Whoa. well that's what i texted you and i'll read the, the exact text was 
you did it, you beautiful motherfucker. You guys did it. <laughs> I was like, so this, is good, the top of, this is the top of the mountain right here. This is beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the top to, of the top, dude. To watch Questlove be like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> laughing at the lyrics, like, because they think it's serious is the best part. It's like, dude, it's such a joke. It's so funny. I mean, this is just <laughs> the best part about you guys, though, is the fact that, like, it's it's two accomplished musicians who just said we want to do whatever the fuck we want and it's yeah. such good it's great fucking music too and that's the best part you saw you found Dude, a- we live in a world of people who take their art so fucking seriously and it it's like at some point it's not fun anymore it's yeah. not fun it's so serious and the same you know i spent enough years in awol that i'm allowed to say that like after a while it just became not fun anymore it just became too serious and everybody's mad at each other and conflicting personalities and yada 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 is like you forget that you're in it to have fun. You're not in it just for the paycheck, you know, for the most part, you know, and I know a lot of, of people course. are like, well, you're still super lucky to have been able to do that. Even if you didn't, you know, weren't super happy, but you know, at the end of the day, all of us just want to be happy regardless of what that is. And fitness was that next step for me because fitness was all about doing whatever we wanted to say, whatever we wanted to. And a lot of times Max and I would go, man, can we say that? And we'd be like, who the fuck's going to tell us that we can't say that? Nobody. So there it is. Yeah. And I mean, too, like, and you brought something up too about conflicting personalities. And, and I always think about these bands that kind of like, they wind up like before they're even a band, really, they get signed to a label. And then you don't really even know the people in the band, like the way you think, like the way you're going to find out that like the family aspect that when you're in a band, Mm -hmm. you're a fucking family. It's a real thing. I feel lucky in my perspective. um, Cause I know a lot of people don't get to do this, but like, so our guitar, our other guitar player is my cousin. We lived mm-hmm. around the corner of each other our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Me and Ken were college, like we lived next to each other in college. We were mm-hmm. college roommates for three years. Erica mm-hmm. and me waited tables together and fucking wound up, she wound up joining the band. I know all yeah. these motherfuckers like their family because actually mm-hmm. one of them is. So it's, I right, right. but like even in your perspective, so in, in AWOL, like you and Aaron, like mm-hmm. you guys were basically signed before you were playing shows and grinding like, mm-hmm. like, and then the rest of the band comes in. Like, was that a weird experience, or did you know him well enough at that point from writing together that you guys were were close enough? No, he and I were super, super close. Like, really, you know, when when you're when you're poor with yes. a buddy working every day in the studio for no money, and all you can do is laugh, make each other laugh to like calm your soul. You know, you become really close with people. And no, it was fun. You know, the first five, six, seven years were were all great because we would you know, we put a band together and the band was continuously growing and like, there was always something exciting happening and we were able to pick and choose the people that we wanted. Uh, and we had an amazing band. We had an amazing crew and all that stuff. It just, it just became so serious when it got to a certain level where like, now we're having meetings about making mistakes. Now we're having meetings about people getting fired. Now we're having meetings about all this different stuff. And like, you're worried I'm going to make a mistake or you're worried like the crew guys are walking on ice because they don't want to make a mistake. And it's like, yeah. it, it, it was fun for so long. And I think, you know, a lot of people can lose sight of what the original goal was. Right. You know what I mean? When, when like things start rolling also like, you know, to what, whoever's defense, you, when the band gets that big, you end up having a lot of people who depend on you. For, yeah, I was gonna say for their livelihood. It, it, it's you know not I mean? just so a like you're also hobby this, anymore. Yeah, you also have this pressure to to maintain and support all, all of these people who are now working for you, and you're talking to fifty people. Um, so yeah, it, it can get difficult, but that also adds to the stress. And then like you have a song like Sale, and then the next record is like, okay, do we have the next sale yet? Do you have the next sale yet? What's the next sale yet? And that fucks in your brain and like. You know, it was an amazing whirlwind that I, I feel like I could die today and, and have everything that I wanted to accomplish. But like, yeah, after a while, it just became a little bit too toxic. I think, you know, maybe it's the best word. 
be honest with me about something. You ever get tired of people just yelling sail in your face? I used to. Sail! <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Okay, you know, you know what? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yes, I fucking knew Bro, it. I can't tell you how many people have sent me the same link to the same videos to the same thing. And it's all good. It's all in good fun. And like, you know, it's, it's a part of who I am, I guess, these days. I mean, dude, that's the thing though. Like, is like, I remember like the first time I came, like I, when I came back in January and like my boys were like, yo, how'd LA go? Like, how, how was it out there? And I was like, mm. dude, I got to write with this person. This person went to this meeting. I got to work with Kenny. He was fucking in fitness and AWOL Nation. And they were like, AWOL Nation, fucking sale. And I was like, yeah, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, long, like, I, but you know what, dude, like, honestly, like just to have something that from an like your, the onset of your fucking career to have something that people are going to gravitate towards is really cool and it sets the stage for the fact that you have so much time to make even more and you're taking mm. such advantage of that because i got to getting to work with you and seeing how quickly you work on things mm. the amount of music that's inside you is fucking startling and i just want to i want to say like that's really impressive because like i work with a lot of people who it's not the same way like you feel like you're yeah. forcing it out of them I remember walking in there and you're and like we were just like bullshitting and all of a sudden you just yeah. pull up this baseline and I'm like that's yeah. dope let's write to that and you're like write a verse I'm gonna do drums five minutes yeah. later like was it always so quick for you like did you always like have you always felt like you've had such quick hands and, and just like a quick snap decision maker did you ever like overthink you or? know no you know, I don't not to sound egotistical in any way but yeah it's always come quickly to me but not not because of, of talent or skill set it's because I find I've had thousands of co-writing sessions now with people, right? So right. like I've, I've done my homework on it. And one of the biggest co-writing session killers is getting stuck on something, 100%. getting caught on something, getting caught on a lyric, getting caught on whatever. Cause then now you're spending two hours. You can't figure it out. And now the magic that everybody was feeling the excitement about that song has kind of dissipated because you're getting defeated by that moment. So I've that's the realest like, thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Placeholder. Let's move on. If we hate it later, let's come back and fix it. But let's fucking roll it. Get this thing while we got the mojo working and the, and the magic. Everybody's excited. And that's always been kind of my way of approaching those. Bro, we were, we were just talking about this last night and we were going through. Because, I mean, the quarantine demo folder now has like 50 mm. files in it from what we've been writing and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. And we're, we, we started working on this one song that was one of the first things I wrote in quarantine. And I was like, I have listened to this demo so many times and I've picked this song apart so many fucking times. Mm. I fucking hate this song now. I don't even yeah, want to uh, do it anymore. I hate this song. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, but being especially when you're doing co-writing sessions with people you don't really even know and you're just getting yeah. that vibe and the yeah. one dude wants you to just stick on a lyric for a half an hour and you're like, listen, there's a lot more yeah. to do here. We'll come back. It'll mm. hit us. That's it's tough. It doesn't, and it doesn't always work. You know, I, I, my job Quite literally, my job is to take an artist and get them out of their own way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they wouldn't be writing with me um, if there was if everything was perfect. They just write on their own, and then records are flying. I'll just exactly. you're here for you're here for the help. So like, let me help you. But it's tough sometimes because some people don't they don't want the help. But they're like, oh, I only write lyrics at home. You're like, well, then what the fuck are you doing here? You know, Dude, or like I, I only sing at home. And you know, to every artist out there who's fucking writing, and you think that you are the hottest shit on earth. Get the fuck out of your own way, because when yeah. you start when you start to accept help from other people and you start to like write with other people, different parts of you get unlocked, mm -hmm. and it, it it's yeah. it's awesome to see. Yeah, of uh, course, and, and you end up writing with people that you vibe with, and you end up writing with people that you don't vibe with. You know, yes, and that's fine too. Like I've had sessions that didn't work out, and we weren't the right vibe for each other, and that's no hard feelings. We're all just trying to get work done. We're all just I, trying to make music. You know, has there ever been a situation where you like were writing a song? And you were like, this is a hit, like, no fucking doubt. This is like a number one song. You were just like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And then you give it to the person or like you put it out and you're just like, wow, that did not get the reaction that I thought it was going to get. 
You know what? Um, it's almost the opposite. Really? Yes. Like while I can think, dude, this song's great. This is awesome. This song's great. The it's more like never claiming that you have a hit is better because the surprising factor of if and when it becomes a hit, you're like, oh, okay. It's more the best way I can explain is the mentality is I'm just trying to write the best stuff. I can. trying to write the best stuff that I can. I'm not trying to write a smash. I'm not trying to write a hit, a banger, or all these fucking things. Yeah, all your buzzwords. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just trying to write write these songs and like, yeah, of course you might be like, dude, this is really fucking good. This is great, but. I'm not going to go on and be like, dude, this is a fucking smash. Put it out now. It's like, no, let's, let's marinate on it. It's like even um, with the new, with my new stuff, you know, I've been working the last two weeks hard on writing as much music as I can. And then last night I got everything lined up for my car ride home and I was going to listen to everything down. And I was just like, I can't hear this shit anymore. I need yeah, to fucking exactly. take a break and I need to take a week break. And if it's still good after a week, then I'm onto something. You know, and if I a, hate it after a week, then fucking try it. You know, it's a beautiful feeling, actually, is forgetting about a song that you recorded. Yeah. So you have shit in the yeah. kitty, and then all of a sudden, you're just driving one day, you're in your Dropbox, and you're like, I forgot about that fucking song. Yeah. And you put it on, oh, you're yeah. like, oh, this is really see, fucking that's good. Me, that's me a lot of the time with beats, because I make beats three a all day, the time. all yeah. day long. And so like when I'm looking for inspiration, looking for something new, I'll go through a lot of stuff, and I'm like, whoa, what was this one? There's something tight in this one. And yeah. then like, wait, there's a, there's a lyric. Okay, hell yeah, let me fucking... Start snapping, you know. So before we get into the last segment, I, I just want to ask because we do a segment every every episode called "What the fuck we've been listening to." So, what the fuck have you been listening to? Is there anything jumping out of you right now where you're like, "Oh, I got this is the record I've been on. This is all I can listen to." Yeah, uh, I'd say the number one thing that I've been listening to the most is um, there's a, an old rapper named Aesop Rock. Yeah. Classic. He's like underground skateboard, right? Well, he's got a new thing, and it's called Malibu Ken, which fucking kills me because <laughs> my name's Ken, and I, my songs about Malibu. Like, God, if I could have had the name Malibu Ken. Anyway, he's been working with a guy, a producer named Tobacco. Um, right. It's the dopest, newest hip hop shit that I've I've fucking heard. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, Ace Top's lyrics and and flows are, are unbelievable. Legend, but yeah, I you know I still. I've been uninspired lately by new music and I don't know if it's because shit's coming out so fast or if I haven't been digging down enough, but like I, I always go back to like Delta funky homo sapien and mob deep. And like, you know, I'm, oh. I'm always going back to these classics really for my inspiration because the new shit, nothing, none of the new shit has blown my mind since childish awaken my love or Kendrick's this is America or like, yeah. you know, years ago like i'm still waiting for that next something that absolutely fucking floors me total uh, and until then i just go backwards total total exactly what i said because the thing is though i know you're a rap guy i'm a fucking diehard like rap yeah. nerd like yeah. there's so much coming out now like yeah. almost in the same way that like we were talking about like the early like 2010s alternative to where every yeah. week there was a new band and then yeah. labels have figured out that like these young rappers like we can get them viral like let's keep yeah. pumping them out i don't know what the fuck and we even listen to half the time but i love it because it's yeah you know what i mean like there's some shit i'm just like this is hot like i'm not gonna lie yeah 100 percent. yeah i can't think of like right like the run the jewels album that came out which feels like six years ago rtj4 was fucking fantastic i love that mm -hmm. um but I mean, the, I'm a J Cole nerd. I'm a I'm one of those oh, J, J Cole the best of all time. The fucking the, the two new J Cole singles that were amazing. Yeah. The last record that I really like fell in love with fell in love with was probably the Dreamville project where they had everybody in the mm. studio. That was fucking incredible. Mm. It turned me on to so many rappers. Yeah, I think one of the other other like Brockhampton. I've been listening to a lot of. But like, I if tried, you get my, bro. If you get my trend of like weird and off the cuff stuff you know yeah. what i mean like i'm just looking for something weird and interesting something that's different than fucking everything else because like you can make good rappers all day you can make good bands all day and 
you know, and that's to, to an extent. Obviously, people like J. Cole and Future of course, yeah, are different. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many fucking like. I'm not a Migos guy. I'm are you a big a, Future guy? Owner. Did you just say Future? Okay, here's the thing. Here's the are you, no, here's no, 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 no. I just want it straight up. It's a yes or no answer. Are you a yeah. Future guy? I'm yeah. a fuck. Yeah. Future's like my yeah. favorite rapper on earth. I fucking yeah. love Future. Hey, but he's a classic guy of like, what the fuck is he talking about? But holy fuck, this beat is unreal. This flow is unreal. Fucking mask off. You know what I mean? It's like Man, unbelievable. Yo, yeah. we were having an argument about that. Uh, that fucking uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion song WAP last yeah. week. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was like, that song's fucking hot trash. But you know what? They have the right to do it because my exact argument yeah. was. You think that's nasty? How many times have I heard Future say, I'm going to stick my thumb in her butt? Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Future's fucking gross, but Future's the man. My I wife love. loves dancing around to WAP. <laughs> I'm going to get that. For, that's a great quote, dude. My, <laughs> my, I'm going to be like, Dana, do that. Dance to WAP yeah. right now. <laughs> All right, so we got our last segment here. So what I like to do is just ask five rapid-fire questions. They're all fucking stupid questions. You answer mm-hmm. them as quickly as you can, and we'll get through it. But my first question was going to be, are you tired of people yelling sale at you? So that's one down. Uh, what's your favorite and your least favorite show memory of all time? Oh, uh, let's see. Favorite and least favorite show. Okay, I actually have two answers for that. Boom. Uh, favorite show moment, 2013 Rock and Ring, which is a huge uh, kind of rock metal festival in Germany. So like Nine Inch Nails headline. It's massive. Aww. It's in the old Nazi fucking field. It's like 100,000 Germans out there losing it. We got to play main stage at night going crazy. And the Germans would do this thing where they would sit down in the middle of the crowd. So it'd be 100,000 people. But in the middle of the crowd is a pocket of people, Germans, sitting down <laughs> and pretending to row a boat. If you go online and you look up the Able Nation Rock and Ring, you can see it. And so there's this group of 100 Germans sitting on the floor rowing this boat. Like, as if that's their head banging. They're like rowing this. You're like, what is the craziest thing? Uh, I mean, that's a fucking good answer. God, I, God man, it's such a big question because, like, Coachella, main stage, Saturday, 7 p.m., like, or, or opening for the Rolling Stones. I was just going to say, did you guys or, open for the Stones? Yeah, or having an entirely sold out Fillmore tour, 5,000 cap rooms. Like, this is, you know what I mean? It goes playing Letterman before it was over, playing Letterman. And that's what I mean. Like, I, I just wanted to know if there was one that stuck out. And the German thing's a great answer. Yeah, that was one of those ones where we, I remember we all looked at each other like, what is fucking happening? Um, <laughs> <laughs> give me the lead i always want my the wife least. my wife's giving me some notes she says the my worst experience yeah one one of the worst was when my <laughs> we used to do a lot of stage diving and we'd have all of our friends do stage dive there was that we were just kind of rowdy like that and yeah my sister broke some guy's fucking nose and then we, yeah. got sued. <laughs> and we literally got sued everybody got sued every individual oh. member of the band and everything it was a crazy one uh, but what my one of my worst I think moments was uh, I did a stage dive off of the speaker stack, the side fill stack in Portugal at a festival <laughs> and they didn't catch me right. And I landed straight on my back on the floor and I had to like do physical therapy for a month. And like my back was so messed up and like, and then like, I, I broke my back and then got on a 20 hour flight home the next day. It was the most miserable day in my life. Fucking outstanding. Yeah. At least that's like a cool, you're like, at least that was in Portugal. Like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the yeah, diving yeah. on, the, I'm trying to think my, like I, my, my answer for worse so far has been getting electric in new orleans that was bad yeah that was yeah, no f- yeah, and the same yeah, night I, I got i got tackled by a homeless dude the same night in the middle of bourbon oh, street sick, so. sick. yeah you know, so there's, was, there's 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 bad experiences that are also combined with funny experiences like funny my wife was actually at this show in milan italy where <laughs> i've sales with the strings 
I had the wrong patch up and I started playing it on like a piano and it oh. sounded like a honky tonk like <laughs> and like there's nothing you can do but keep going at that point oh, yeah. everybody's like what are you doing you're like, I'm worse. so embarrassed there's nothing worse as a musician than like knowing you're doing something wrong and then but stopping stop the beat. And then, being like, and then being like, let me start over. Nope. But there's start. that, but there's that professionalism where you're like, fuck it. We're going to get through this. <laughs> we're going to finish it up. Unbelievable, dude. All right. Yeah. That, those were, those were good answers. I'm not going to lie. Hey, nice, All right. Nice, hold on. Dude. So this one, this one is one that like more pertains to you. What's your favorite shitty action movie? Like an eighties or nineties action movie? Oh God. Movie? I have many of them. Uh, I my know. Favorite, my favorite movie genre is shitty action movies. I Same. mean, from the Fast and Furious fan franchise to like, I mean, that's if you're talking shitty. You know, I don't yeah, know I'm, well, like, I'm talking like, I love the pictures of like 80s Stallone you put up on your Instagram and shit <laughs> like that. Like, I'm such a fan. Dude, if you follow history and action, they're always putting up the best 80s action. Like Rambo, oh, uh, yeah. Bredock, and Die Hard, and Lethal Weapon, and like all those. I mean, I'm a 90s kid, or 80s and 90s. I grew up yeah. in the 90s. And my dad was a huge action. That's a predator. and like all. Oh, yeah. Like, See, you know, me, like I even love like, like I always say, it's like my my guilty, but I fucking love Point Break to the point where I know every goddamn line. In that point movie. Break is maybe one of the best movies in the history of cinema. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Fucking funny fact: Catherine Bigelow, who went up doing the goddamn Hurt Locker, did that movie, which is fucking incredible to me. Yeah, so crazy, so tight, dude. That's funny. Uh, all right, so what was my next question? All right, this is a stupid one. Uh, if you were a cartoon tune character, who would you be? If I was a cartoon character, who would I be? Skeeter Valentine. <laughs> no, this is not fair because my wife actually said this one time. I got like a fade, but it was like uh, way too high, and uh, the shit was like fucking zero all the way up to my 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 fucking hair. Yeah, and she she was she just sent me a picture like a a gif of Skeeter from fucking uh, Doug, and I was like, yo, this girl called him Skeeter. <laughs> yo, straight up, I had a I had a leather jacket on. I had a leather jacket on too, so I legitimately looked exactly like Skeeter. And I, I looked at her That's and I was so like, funny. I was like. I'm not even mad. Like, that's pretty accurate. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, hold on. This is one that I ask, and I'm kind of afraid to ask your question on this. All right. Who's your, yeah, least, you, who's your least favorite big band of all time? Like, who's your least favorite? Like, everybody loves this band, but for some reason, you just fucking hate them. Like, I, I always say mine is the Cars. I don't know why I hate the Cars, but I just fucking hate the well, Cars. Well, that's fucked up of you to say. I know. I have no idea. Look, they write, great the poppy, they write great poppy choruses that should be right up my alley, but I think I look yeah. at, I look at R- Rick O'Kasic, rest in peace, and I'm just like, I want to put you in a locker. Like, part of me is just like, this guy's Man, in who's a big band that I fucking don't get? I mean, obviously, besides the obvious is, like, Nickelback, but nobody likes them. So, like, I, I don't uh like if you hear their shit come up, I hate the song "Zombie" by the Cranberries. I don't know why. What? You're I don't know why. Crazy, I have no bro. idea. Why. I know. Like these, oh are, I'm just being honest. Like, um, man, like just something that you know. hear That's a good question. I mean, there's there's bands that I'm I, I really can't say oh, oh, anything. Cop out. I mean. Uh, well, there's there's bands I could say and there's bands that I couldn't say, you know. But fair, um, fair. we can but, uh, I mean, we can skirt this one if you want to. Put it this way: the best answer that I have is that there's all, me and my friends always have this ongoing Beatles versus Rolling Stones, and I always choose the Stones. 
So do I, I don't know if that means anything to you. So you know what I mean? I got a legit fight with a guest on the podcast earlier, like like a month ago. About I said yeah. Beatles or Stones. I was like, it's the corniest question I can ask, but Beatles or Stones. And she was yeah. like, oh, Beatles. And I was like, dude, Stones. And I was like, yeah, Stones all day. When I was a kid, my dad told me that the Beatles were for pussies. And he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't uh, have Beatles records in the house. So, uh, oh, what's up, dude? Oh, uh, snacks. All right. Hi, snacks. And then uh, my last question is for you and Snacks. What, what's the plan for the rest of the year? Do we drop more music or what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, so I've just been writing like crazy. I have no plans. I, I, you know, first I was going to make an EP. Then I was going to make a record. Then I was going to put out singles. Best answer is I have no plans. I'm just going to keep continue to writing and keep putting out the best songs that I have at the time. If I end up having enough to make an EP or an LP, I could, you know, drop something like that. But the the main point being there will be lots of at least singles throughout the rest of the year. Hopefully, like one a month or something like that for the foreseeable future. There's a lot a lot coming up. Dude. We'll be sharing. Them, we'll be sharing them all, dude. So fucking awesome. Thanks, Kenny, man, I, I want to have you on for a part two, and I definitely want to come yeah. back out and work together again whenever yeah, there's not a Anytime. lockdown. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, buddy. I love you, my man. Thank you, dude. I appreciate you. See you, bro. Talk to you soon. Later, yes, brother.